thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. Today's conversation uh, is actually not going to be myself or Alex Collins. We wanted to make sure that we bring in different professionals that inevitably work with naturopaths and make sure that they're protecting their practice, whether it be a lawyer to uh, malpractice insurance to other types of entities, making sure that we have the right entity for the practice. Today's conversation, we brought in a very experienced professional by the name of Pierce Dyer, and he is the most professional person I've ever spoke to when it comes to protecting his clients' practice and their their clients in the end. So allow me to introduce uh, Pierce Dyer. Hey Ryan, thanks so much for inviting me. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we could do this. So, you know, I kind of did a brief introduction there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how in the world you decided malpractice insurance was your favorite thing to talk about? Well, my official title is National Program Director for the Natural Insurance Program at Sprague Israel Giles. It's a brokerage in downtown Seattle. Uh, It's been around since 1958. Uh, We have had a program for naturopathic malpractice for the last 10 years. It has been designed by naturopaths. It is for naturopaths. Um, Now, how I came to that is kind of interesting. Um, I started a Uh, a long time ago in the hospitality industry, as so many of us are wont to do when we're young. Uh, And after a few years, I found myself managing restaurants. And I used to manage a popular one here in Seattle called the Portage Bay Cafe. I ran their Ballard location, and I'm still a huge supporter. But years ago, I met my soon-to-be partner, and we began planning to get married. So I craved a new career with a little bit more stability. Uh, and dependability, steady hours, you know, as we grow. And my father was in insurance and he was a great provider. He was a great inspiration to me. He was a role model. And like a lot of young men, we look up to our fathers. And so I wanted to emulate him a little bit. I ended up getting a job in my mid twenties at his insurance brokerage. And I didn't tell him. I ended up just showing up. I got the job. I got the interview, nailed it, and showed up working in a different department. It was it was a good moment. Uh, spent How some time. How was that working with your father? Yeah. Because I, I got a. I'm thinking of myself working with my dad. My dad and I have a really great relationship, but it's very different when you're working with that person. Yeah, luckily they put us in different departments. Um, it was good. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, they had me managing a, a, a mismatch of accounts, um, little ones that they said, you know what, go ahead and screw them up. We don't care if you lose these. These are practice. <laughs> there you go. Um, don't tell your clients that those folks exist because not everybody gets the, the same attention. Right. This was a larger brokerage, so they had some different attitudes. Um, 
I ended up not losing any of those clients over an entire year, which was great. Uh, and after a few years, I got the opportunity to come work over at Sprague Israel Giles as the assistant program director, as I had decided to make my expertise in professional liability, also known as malpractice, right. um, in the healthcare industry. Um, I found this opportunity, and as I had seen a naturopath before, and I fully believed in holistic and alternative medicine practices, I decided to give it a shot and learn everything I could. Um, after a few years doing that, the opportunity came up to become the program manager. Uh, my predecessor retired, and he had set up a great program, a great policy, uh, established great relationships with a good carrier, um, and lots of NDs across the country in both ND licensed states and pre-licensed states. So it was really nice to just pick up the mantle, hit the ground running, and continue to improve where he left off. Gotcha. So, so malpractice insurance, um, not the, the funnest of conversations uh, to have. Uh, it, <laughs> I know if it's right up there with life insurance, but uh, <laughs> I guess any insurance product, you can kind of group them all together. So talk a little bit about the difference around um, a malpractice insurance. Maybe just start with malpractice insurance. If I'm a graduating ND, why am I looking at malpractice insurance? Absolutely. That's a great question. So as a graduating ND, you are probably really excited to be done with school. You've done a lot of work to get where you are. You probably spent a lot of money, too. Um, you're going to get that money back over the course of your career. What that means is your education is an investment. And like any investment, you're going to want to protect it because there will be risks um, that come up in your career. You can think of malpractice as a prepaid legal defense fund. Um, in most cases, for a standard malpractice policy, you're going to represent at least $3 million worth of risk in any given year to your insurance carrier. For pennies on the dollar, most like, you're going to be able to have legal defense available should a lawsuit come up or an investigation from a regulatory agency like the ND Association, the Medical Board, the FDA, you name it. Um, that would also pay for a lawyer to defend you against private lawsuits, alleging errors or negligence in your practice as a doctor for which you've studied so hard. Now, if you don't want to pay out of pocket for that, a prepaid legal defense fund just ready and waiting to be used sounds kind of attractive. Gotcha. Gotcha. So talk a little bit about it, it makes complete sense. You know, obviously, I'm, I've got a business. You've got a business. We've got our own insurances protecting our business. As a graduating ND, they don't graduate typically out of the gates making $300,000 their first year. So there's a there's a cost to obviously the malpractice insurance. And then to your point, you're right, they're on the hook. The insurance company's on the hook for like $3 million possibly uh, for that person's practice. But as a, as a new ND, how do I analyze the, the cost and work that into my business for the protection I'm, I'm getting? Like, where's that value add? Absolutely. That's another good question. Um, considering that most attorneys... Uh, are anywhere from $250 to $500 an hour to defend you in a court of law. Um, 
you want to compare that to how much premium you're actually spending. And the premium is what we call the cost. It's just an insurance term. Um, it's a it's a very happy term for something people really don't want to deal with, um, calling it a premium. It's like the alpha. <laughs> Pay your alpha. There you go. But when you're looking at the premium and you consider how much you might pay an attorney, um, if you consider that a malpractice policy for NDs can run anywhere in this market from $700, depending on who you're with, all the way up to five or even $10,000 per year, depending on how many years you've been practicing and what you're doing in your practice, um, you may end up paying that attorney for 20, 30 hours of work just on one claim. And if it, you're paying them $500 an hour, you've exceeded the cost of your premium easily. And if that's out of pocket, you're going to be kicking yourself, wishing you had just paid that premium. Um, so dollar. I got to imagine there's a, there's a difference between if I'm a graduating ND and I'm a W2 employee, meaning I'm an employee of someone else's practice, or I'm a 1099 where I'm not technically an employee and I'm just inside of this practice, or I own the practice and maybe I have other NDs that work for me. Like that's got to be the scope of how each one of these policies are written. That's true. And some carriers may actually rate you differently based on your employment status, whether you're the owner of the clinic, the employee, a 1099 where you are your own business entity. However, some carriers, like the one we work with, will rate you based just on your offered services and the actual scope of what you're doing in your clinic. So whether you're an employee, um, you're going to tell uh, the carrier that we work with what you're doing and they will rate you based on that and they will assess your risk. It's, uh, whether you're an owner of the clinic or not is not going to affect that risk unless you have doctors providing services on your behalf, in which case the carrier is going to want to know that they have malpractice too. So to that extent, um, you can use your insurance broker as your insurance administrator as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's go back to the, 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 the new ND. What is the, the standard? And I, I'll put a caveat to this, right? You should definitely be talking to the professional and I'm talking to you NDs listening right now. You should be talking to a professional that is looking at uh, your practice and making sure you're getting adequate coverage for your practice. But let's just kind of go just average here. What does what the standard average policy coverage look like? Glad you asked. Uh, I personally will not write limits less than $1 million per claim and $3 million policy aggregate. Uh, policies with lower limits do exist, but given statistical data, um, the $1 million, $3 million limits are the industry standard, especially for um, higher risk doctors such as MDs, NDs, DCs, and DOs. Those are going to be standard. What that means is the carrier will pay out $1 million maximum per each claim, $3 million for the year. That's the policy aggregate. So I like to tell people, let's do some fractions. You can have three claims all worth $1 million in that policy period. You can have six claims all worth 500000 12 claims worth a quarter million each, et cetera, and so on and so on. But the most they're going to pay out is $1 million per claim and $3 million for the year. Higher limits are available. So some of those doctors out there who have large clinics, very high revenues, paying a lot of doctors to provide services on their behalf. Um, and if you have a lot of personal as well as business assets, it may behoove you to look at some higher limits. So talk to your broker. 
So we have we got the limits there. So let's define what it is that they'll be protected from. Absolutely. So that one million, three million. Let's stay. Let's stay with the 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 and you know the the standard one that you will start with. What is it I'm getting protected from if I'm a brand new ND or just an ND in general? Absolutely. So professional liability defends the risk of your skills, your talents, and your training and the services that you provide to your patients. Um, so if you happen to have a mistake, and 99.9% of you will. Um, wait, wait, we're all not all perfect? Well, I am. I don't know about you. I'm that 0.1%. Right. No, I'm definitely the odd man out there. Yeah. <laughs> My wife will tell you too. Absolutely. I've never made a mistake. Um, although I, I do have some clients out there who would like to point out some typos or some, some misphrasings. It happens. Um, so eventually something's going to happen. Um, whether it is a investigatory proceeding, such as, like I mentioned, uh, an investigation from the ND board or the medical board or the FDA, et cetera, um, that's a really common claim. Nine times out of 10, a claim up against an ND will be a regulatory from some kind of government agency. Uh, that one out of 10 is going to be an angry patient who is alleging that you were negligent or you made an error and they suffered some kind of damage or loss as a result. The example I like to use is, oh, doctor, you gave me this B12 injection and my head swelled up. Mm. It swelled up big and turned blue. And I think I need you to pay for my medical care for it and any damages because I couldn't go to work because I've got this big blue head now. So that makes that makes folks giggle, but I have heard some weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're gonna deal with the public, right? You, you're gonna do what's best in your in your view and your, and your skills and your knowledge for that person. And God forbid something bad happens. In this case, a big blue head. Um, yeah, I get that. So. I, I just want to make sure I'm 100% clear on this. So any any type of lawsuit from a patient standpoint where there's negligence on the ND, at least that's what the lawsuit is, not to say that there was negligence, but that's what the mm -hmm. lawsuit is, that type of policy covers. Exactly. So it's there to pay your attorney on your behalf. So gotcha. the minute you get a legal demand for damages or losses and somebody wants you to pay something, you turn that into your carrier they assess what coverage exists on your policy and then they will either assign an attorney to you or they will work with an attorney that you decide um, and read your policy because you may or may not be allowed to work with an attorney of your choice depending on the carrier that you work with. Uh, the carrier that we write with will allow our clients to choose an attorney of their preference or they have a team of suggested experts that they are used to working with in many, many states. So. And and. From our prior conversations, there's other value adds into these these type of policy or value adds that you offer in terms of like billing mistakes or, or different things that may occur that's not necessarily lawsuit. Absolutely. That's something that everybody should discuss with, with their broker because there are some bare bones policies out there that will give you those $1 million, $3 million limits. And then that's it. There will be a lot of things that they don't specifically cover. Um, for example, um, there are a few carriers out on the market that will offer you something called cyber liability. So if you've got patient records online or payment info, 
um, you have some protection in your policy. It's probably uh, maybe 25,000, 50,000 could be higher. That's called a sublimit, a smaller limit, um, just to defend you against those cyber attacks and get you back on your feet after your loss. That's a first party coverage because it hurts the policyholder when they get that kind of claim. So there's a little bit of money in your policy to help you out. We offer cyber liability. I know of a couple other carriers that do as well. Um, we offer some benefits in our program that are not found in other malpractice policies that I'm very proud of. These are my babies. Um, we include billing liability, like you mentioned, to defend against allegations of errors or negligence in your billing practices, such as if you're credentialed with your um, patient's insurance company for recurring billing. Um, maybe you've coded something wrong and now the insurance company's coming back. They said, hey, we overpaid you. Um, if it's a large enough sum, in some instances, you can now make that as a claim on your malpractice, which is not something malpractice normally covers. Other things include risk management consultation services. Um, so you can talk to experts if you need help reducing your risk in your consent form wording or firing a troublesome patient. Um, and there are some other good ones too, like maternity leave reimbursement. So your malpractice policy can be a full financial services package. Just make sure you talk to your broker and ask them how else it's working for you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you bring up the, the billing one, and that's got to be a, at least if I were an ND, that'd be something I would consider because let's just say the insurance company came back and said, hey, we overpaid you by $50,000. We want our money back. From a cash flow perspective, early on especially, I'm not sure that they're going to have 50 grand sitting in their savings account to turn around and stroke a check to pay that off. And that's got to be it. And I'm sure it doesn't happen often. It's probably not likely to happen. But in the end, if it did, if you're starting brand new, I mean, you talk about your, a lot of these NDs are graduating with a lot of student loan debts. They might get some business loans. Mm -hmm. You throw that on top, it could be crippling and bye-bye practice. Absolutely. Um, not to mention um, that new doctors, <laughs> and this is, this is a wide generalization, so forgive me, but maybe you're just coming out of college and maybe you don't own a home yet. Maybe you're renting a really nice apartment. Um, for me, that was not the case at the time when I graduated. Um, maybe you borrowing a car using the bus and you don't have a car yet and you're just thinking you know what i don't have anything why do i need malpractice they're not going to get anything from me uh, maybe not today but the piper always gets paid or hopefully going to grow as a person you're going to acquire assets um, if a judgment or settlement is levied against you and you need to pay out of pocket because you did not have malpractice, that settlement does not go away just because you don't have a check to pay it. It's going to be due and it's, your wages will be garnished. Um, it will affect your ability to get loans in the future as well. Yeah, I mean, every state is, is slightly different, but in the state of Washington, you're right, they can come after your income. Every state will be slightly different, but that's a solid point. Correct. Like, people think, oh, I'm not worth a lot. They can sue me for all they want. Well, you will continue to work if you want to continue some sort of lifestyle. So guess what? To your point, they'll get paid some way, shape, or form. Oh. Maybe not all of it, but some of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of my... Well, I don't want to say favorite claim examples, but I guess this is um, one of the best examples of this instance. There was a an automobile client at 
our brokerage who hit a high-level executive at a local tech firm here in Seattle. And this tech firm executive was very high up on the ladder, got annual bonuses, actually quarterly bonuses, I believe, um, and was required to go on various trips, had to attend meetings internationally, um, and was paid this way. Well, they were paid a very large amount of money every year and then were incapacitated for a few months and required treatment for a few months after that, missed some annual bonuses, missed some of their their trips they were supposed to go on, and their compensation ended up equaling in the millions. Yeah, yeah, it that's that's scary absolutely and you know you know you and i pay insurance right we mm-hmm. have our own personal insurance business insurance mm-hmm. and as much as i like most other people don't like stroking that check for that insurance then i can't i can't even imagine having a million dollar lawsuit let, let alone in the couple million dollar range. Yeah, um, I haven't seen those million dollar claims very often, but that's why you remember them when you do. Um, what well, even if it's? I mean, just imagine even if it's a hundred thousand, Pierce. Like it's still crippling. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, and we're just talking settlements and damages. We're not talking attorneys' fees there. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so let let's let's talk more about um, you know uh, more experienced NDs. So. Uh, as you get experienced uh, and your practice is growing, maybe you hire on an associate, maybe you bring on another partner. Is there any different design or things that they should be looking at in their insurance you know, malpractice or, or other type of areas? Absolutely. This is a question that comes up with a lot of my clinic owner clients. They will often call me and they'll say, hey, I'm hiring somebody. I want you to add them to my policy. Um, and while a lot of clinics are structured like that, um, and it's always great to have control of your employee's insurance, you know that everybody's insured. Um, I'll, I'll throw you back to when I said use your insurance broker as an insurance administrator. And the reason I say that is because I always recommend that our clients make sure their employees and contractors all have their own individual and separate policies. Going back to those benefits, the billing liability, the cyber liability, um, all sorts of stuff like that. If you put everybody on a group policy, as they're called, or some folks call it a master policy, where the clinic holder is all in control, you're going to get all those sublimits, but everybody on that policy is going to share those benefits and sublimits. Whereas if they have individual policies, then everybody has their own bells and whistles, as I call them, their own billing liability, their own cyber liability, um, locum tenens coverage, their own risk management consultation service, etc. So it's nice to have everybody protected with their own little financial services package. With that being said, it's worth saying that um, the cost is likely going to be the same, whether they are all on a group policy together or individual. Most carriers will rate them individually. Um, so it just makes sense to have your broker organize that for you, make sure everybody has their active coverage. Plus, in the event of a staffing change, it's much easier for that employee or contractor to take their policy with them, as opposed to having to remove them from your policy, deal with refunds, um, and do all that. It's a headache that most clinic owners don't want to deal with. So if uh, I know I just uh, something just popped on my head here if if I'm a graduating ND and I join 
let's pretend you have a clinic. You have a clinic. You hire me on as a W-2 employee. You put me on your master policy. Maybe I've got a smaller policy of my own. A lot of times, you know, as a graduating ND, I may join another practice to kind of learn the ropes, and then eventually I go out and I want to start my own. As I go out and start my own, I've got my own experience for the underwriting purposes. Does anything else, I guess by locking in, I'm kind of comparing this to life insurance, right? Like if, if I'm young and healthy and I get a life insurance policy today, the premiums are going to be lower than, say, 20 years from now if I decide to get it then and my health is, is worse or just age-wise, it's going to be higher because I'm older. Are there any characteristics or parameters in a malpractice policy by locking in something right, right after I graduate so that it helps me later on when I have now have my own practice. Is there any kind of similarities there or am I off? In most cases, a malpractice policy will quote unquote mature. They'll start you off at a lower rate because it's your first year of coverage with them. Um, and then gradually increase for three to five years until your policy reaches maturity or what I like to colloquially call cruising altitude. Um, so when you start a new policy with a broker, ask about what you can expect in the future in terms of your premium. Things like operational changes, um, uh, how much revenue you make or what you're actually doing, the number of employees, these things could all affect your premium and how much they're actually going to be raised. Um, in the program that we run, we do it a little bit differently where we will quote you in the first year at a lower rate and then increase it in the second just by a little bit until your policy reaches maturity. And then if your scope of practice, your offered services and procedures do not change, then your premium is not intended to change in future years. So you will always know what you're going to be paying in future years. Gotcha. Yeah, that. thank you. That, it just hit me during our conversation about that. So that's actually, that's very nice to know. Um, so are there any questions that you're getting from from NDs uh, around malpractice or any other type of insurance uh, products that, that you work with that, that are common? Besides, how else can I uh, make my policy cost less? <laughs> yeah, besides, can you make yeah. it cheaper? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the number one I get. Um, I actually have an answer to that one. Um, if you are a new graduate, there may be discounts available from your broker. First year of coverage for new graduates who have never had malpractice before. <laughs> They get a 25% off discount in the second year, and then they're paying the fully mature rate by year three. So if you are fresh um, off of your exams and you're holding your freshly minted license, we can get you some good discounts. Um, in regards to some other questions, oh gosh, um, folks ask me a lot. They say, well, I've hired a new doctor, but you're telling me this new doctor presents additional risk to me. How is that so? Um, <laughs> so when you, my answer is that when you hire somebody to perform services on your behalf and this person is a licensed doctor, you're taking on the risk of a fully licensed doctor yourself. They represent a whole nother $1 million, $3 million worth of limits of risk. So in most cases, that might cost a little bit more every time you hire somebody. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an... I'm on the white popped in my head an auto insurance policy, right? Like if I'm on the policy and then my best friend who happens to get in car accidents a lot more uh, also wants to join under my car policy, obviously the premium is going to change because the risk is now different. You've got me and now you have a second driver. Of course, the risk is going to be higher. That's which, twice as high. Absolutely. Hence, the premium is going to be different. So it's the same thing, just different 
you know, it's a practice thing. You've yeah. got another person helping with medical advice and all these different things that that makes complete sense. You are liable and accountable legally for the actions of others on your behalf. In many cases, that's known as vicarious liability yeah. and carriers charge for this. Now your broker may have a way around this. Gotcha. gotcha. So what is, what's some overlooked parts of a malpractice policy? Like when you have a current ND that calls you up and they've got, they've got a policy, what is it that they're overlooking? Like, what is it you seeing that they should be changing that they haven't even thought of? Well, most doctors, when they call me, um, and because this isn't taught in any ND college I've ever visited, and I've been to most of them, um, they don't teach you about malpractice. They don't teach you how to pick out a policy. They don't teach you how to read your policy. And there's a lot of jargon in there. So the first thing I would tell folks is to understand how the policy is going to pay your attorney, whether it's going to take away from your insurance limits every dollar that you give to that attorney, or if your carrier has set aside a separate pot of money to pay that attorney at that leaves your insurance limits alone. That's important. Um, it's also important to know um, how the policy is going to respond. And by that, I mean which policy is going to respond if a claim comes up. Is it going to be this year's policy because the claim came up this year? Or is it going to be last year's policy because that's when you saw the patient and that's when they're alleging the damage occurred? There are different types of policies that will respond in different ways. So you want to ask your broker, what type of policy do I have? Do I have claims made or do I have occurrence-based? Um, and those are some key words. So anybody who has a notepad, you might want to write those down. Claims made and occurrence-based. Those are two different types of malpractice policies, and you should know which one you have. Is there a, a cost difference between those two? Like significant cost difference, or is it just it, there can be difference. there can be because with an occurrence based policy the policy that responds to defend you is the policy that was in place at the time of the occurrence so at the time you saw the patient and the alleged negligence or error occurred um, you may or may not still have that carrier so you have to go back to them if you're not still with them and ask them to pay out um, these types of policies represent more risk to the carrier because they may have to pay out for multiple claims spread out over multiple years. For that reason, the coverage in an occurrence-based policy tends to be more restrictive, more in favor of the carrier as opposed to the policyholder. With a claims-made policy, which is the type of policy that we write in our program, um, the policy in effect at the time the claim is made is the policy to respond to defend you, which means it's always this year's policy restricting the risk to the carrier to one set of limits for this year. Um, now, since we've restricted the risk to the carrier, that means they can be a little bit more free with their coverage. Um, you're probably going to get broader coverage with a claims made policy, but as it goes, you're going to pay for what you get. So right. the costs can be a little bit more with a claims made policy. Gotcha. And I got to imagine that, you know, as we're, as I'm sitting down with, with NDs and we're looking at the scope of their practice and we're looking at the different protection pieces and all the different things that come into the business financial picture. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll give you a prime example. We, we were sitting down with the NND the other day and we were looking at um, like buy-sell agreement and part of that buy-sell agreement was mm -hmm. disability policies for the funding aspect. If one of them got sick or injured and couldn't come to work, how do they buy the other one out? 
And what was interesting is their practice has changed so much that the value of the practice had changed, the income coming in the door, the revenue had, had changed. So the policies that they had enforced three years ago wouldn't come anywhere near the coverage that they would want uh, today. And so I got to imagine that that same thing is happening with you where they bought their their malpractice policy when they first got out of, out of school or they graduated. And then now it's 10 years down the line and now they've got a full scope practice. They've got five other NDs working for them and they just haven't addressed that piece of, of their protection. Absolutely. If you've got a broker who's really working for you and there are lots of brokers out there who are really on top of this, one of the things we look for is those exact changes in your practice. Every year, you're likely being asked to update your information, whether it's in the form of a renewal application um, and you're going, why did I fill this out last year? Why do I got to do it again? That's the reason. If your broker sees lots of changes, oftentimes they will be reaching out to you to say, hey, I notice you're making a lot more revenue. You're you're over a million this year, whereas three years ago you were making 50000 in revenue. So maybe we should talk about protecting your investments. Maybe we should talk about raising your limits. Um, and that's a hard conversation to have because nobody wants to pay more for insurance, but you have more to protect. And that's a conversation that you are well in, or excuse me, welcome to start with your broker. Um, or they may reach out to you prior to a renewal to say, hey, let's look at some options about protecting you. Yeah, this is why I'm such a strong advocate for having professionals around you that actually speak with one another. Right. If I'm sitting down with a current client of mine and I see that their revenue has changed over the last year. Right. And I know their malpractice. They have a malpractice policy. If I'm doing my job, hopefully I say, hey, have you addressed that coverage with your local broker around around that piece? And so uh, when your professionals that are, are have your back are communicating with one another, They'll also be able to think of things that you just haven't, and they'll talk to one another to, to do exactly that. I'm a big proponent of getting the professionals in your life to talk to each other. Um, so I fully encourage that. If you have a financial advisor, um, then they should be speaking with your malpractice broker. And when you have a financial advisor who has an all-around financial wellness approach, as you do, Ryan, um, then it makes it a lot easier for brokers like myself because you understand what we're trying to do and how we're trying to protect our clients um, from our perspective. And it's nice to know that we can trust the other financial professionals to help protect those who are our clients. Um, plus, when everybody's talking to each other, you're not going to have as many gaps in your financial protection. So if you've got somebody who's helping you manage your assets, your investments, you've got somebody protecting those assets and investments, and then maybe you've got somebody organizing those assets and investments, um, and they all know each other, it's going to be very copacetic to having holistic financial wellness. So that's very interesting to talk about efficiency. So <laughs> that's what we preach. That's what we love. And the holistic approach, that's, that's what you do in your practice as an ND. How are you looking at your business from a financial capacity? You should be looking at it that same way. So anything I missed, Pierce? 
Oh gosh, I could I could sit here and talk to you for days about <laughs> ND malpractice. Um, and in all honesty, I should be in my office doing this exact same thing, but it was just too tempting to come out here and talk to you. So thank you so much. So uh, why don't you tell everyone how you can be reached if they've got if they've got questions for you? Absolutely, it's it's pretty easy. I have a, a fancy name for um, our naturopathic malpractice program. It's called the Natural Insurance Program. So that's going to be nice and hard to remember. Um, that's at naturalinsurance.com. That will lead you directly to an online application and some more information about our program, including some of the coverages we offer. Uh, it will lead you to my contact info, but if you would like to give me a call, my number is 206-957-7051. Um, and I like to say my door is always open, but it's a phone. My phone's always open. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Pierce, I'm glad you came down. I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, I appreciate you. I know your clients appreciate you. So thank you again. And thank you. It's nice to be here. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone uh, was able to pull at least something out of this podcast. As always, I want to make sure we're providing value for you. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, make sure that you reach out to us uh, on our website and you can go to our podcast, uh, Holistic Finance, um, or you can go to the website, which is on that podcast uh, link. And uh, you can reach out to us with any questions you may have and we can talk about it on the show. Share the episode if you got some value of it, because I'm sure your colleagues, um, if you got some value out of it, I guess is your colleagues might have some of that same value add uh, or questions that you had. So hope you have a good rest of your day and thanks for listening. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or qualified financial partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not issue or advice regarding malpractice insurance. Links and descriptions of external sites and services are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, number FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-85441, expiration 09-2021.